Free Talk Live. You are free to call in and talk live here on Free Talk Live. That's what we do. We open up the phone lines that you can call in and, well, talk about whatever's on your mind. We, of course, also bring in show prep. Makes sense. Last night, we were talking about an article that we didn't quite get through from Medium.com. The author here, Elliot uh, Gulliver Needham, he's one of those hyphenated kids. And, uh, yeah, he later in the article says he's a Marxist, so um, you kind of get that from it. But uh, I, I, we didn't get terribly far into it. More or less, his premise is that, uh, the, the article here, Adam Smith to Richard Spencer, why libertarians turn to the alt-right. And the byline is why libertarians are embracing fascism. And he's going to make a a historical argument here. So he goes on to to understand why libertarians are so susceptible to white supremacist ideas. We have to look at the history of it, specifically within the United States. The fact is that libertarianism has always been a refuge of racism and implicit support for authoritarianism. Okay, um, but the libertarians are the opposite of authoritarians, and to suggest that they're uh, like uh, authoritarianism doesn't really make much sense or understand libertarians. However, um, if you you certainly can't argue that there are people who have had insensitive positions who have been libertarians in the past. But well, let's yeah, talk about logical the- do it to you though. If I'm coming at my position from logic, and if I'm in a fringe group, I probably am. Then I'm going to have a lot of things that your feels don't like. And and when people demand that they have a right to my stuff and I say no, that automatically makes me a fascist to them. So right. I'm a jackbooted fascist libertarian. Well, uh, let's also talk about I mean, I don't know uh Mr. Needham here, but uh I'm just gonna guess as a Marxist that he's probably voted Democrat at some point or another. Let's look at the history of that organization, shall we? I mean, there's some there's some racism in that organization. Founded the, Klan, founded the KKK yep. and turned the Japanese in World War II, passed all the Jim Crow laws. And, and one thing I'll note is when a Democrat Woodrow Wilson became president, he resegregated Washington, D.C., which had all since Reconstruction, Washington, D.C. was a desegregated city and the federal government was desegregated, so there were blacks working in all kinds of civil service positions. But when Woodrow Wilson got into office, he booted them all out and he resegregated Washington. I mean, you don't even have to go into the past. I mean, they do this now. All Democrats do is tell minorities and women, because I'm not a minority, that we can't make it on our own and we need all this help that white straight men don't need. I mean, the rich white liberals that I know are more racist than the Nazis that I know. I, 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 I've heard that argument, you know, that the, basically if you want to provide somebody with help, you believe that they are helpless. And, well, I mean, there's an argument to it. I, I would also, if you start looking at uh, organizations like the Republican Party, I don't want to just crap on the Re- Democratic Party. It's easy. And fun. But if you look at the Republican Party, I'm guessing that most people uh, of certain ethnic um, of ethnicities, right, like the, the, the non-white ethnicities, probably believe that most of the overt racists in America vote Republican. Oh, because at some point in the past century, everybody magically switched parties. 
at some point, everybody came out onto the street in their neighborhood and they shook hands with the member of the opposite party that lived across the street and they swapped their campaign signs and changed their registration. And suddenly everybody just swapped. And, and so then the Democrats became the progressive, uh, tolerant party and then the Republicans who had freed the slaves and passed desegregation and all this other stuff and were the ones that voted for the Civil Rights Act, suddenly they were the racists. And they, you can never get them to pin, pin down on when exactly this happened. But if you ask them, does that mean that all the stuff that Woodrow Wilson and uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt passed that you claim are great Democrat programs, should we be crediting them now as Republican things, victories? Because the Republicans now represent what those guys were for apparently according to the democrats well probably no, not no <laughs> <laughs> and um right so but but if we look at this list according to uh you know need him here here he's he says that uh you know it's the libertarians are a refuge for libertarianism is a refuge for racism and implicit support for authoritarianism and if we include then the republicans and democrats in this list how many organization political organizations in america representing what percentage of the voting populace um, are left because I'm just guessing nothing's left. And, uh, you know, the so you can go, you know, back in history and you can find racism wherever it is that, that you find it. And uh, let's go on here with the article. It's just a it's a it's a fool's errand. Despite direct contradiction to their supposed ideology, according to uh, the, the, the authoritarianism here throughout history, the men who are considered the cornerstones of right libertarian philosophy, and he he does specify not liber- left libertarian. I hate that there's these uh, you know these markers between them. There's the right libertarians and left libertarians, but all right. Well, that's what I, I'll accept. That that's my kind of preferred specification. Well, the, anyway, you some, have some people who call themselves less libertarians tend to be more communist than libertarian. And and the communists are definitely doing an entryist sort of strategy to try to co-opt the libertarian party by coming in and declaring anyone who is, you know, to the right of Henry George as a <laughs> fascist um racist uh patriarchal bigot because having logical arguments is boring let's call people names it is facts so not racist. boring you're just not doing it right if you think it's boring but, but yeah. facts and logic are ra- are racist don't that's you right know? look at mises's support of mussolini or hayek and friedman's backing of pinochet um you know friedman didn't back pinochet he gave him some financial advice whatever it's clear that these people have always been willing to put aside ideology for what they see as an end that justifies the means. Even in such morally abhorrent cases as supporting apartheid in South Africa, don't know anything about that, or the Confederacy under the pretense of states' rights. All the Wait a second. on my feet are supporting apartheid in South South Africa, and none of the conservatives are. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I don't know any uh, liberals supporting apartheid, but I don't know that much about it. I mean, I, admittedly, apartheid in South Africa was kind of before my time, and I didn't pay that much attention. But when you talk about supporting the Confederacy under the pretense of states' rights, you don't understand my position. My position is this, and it's really, really clear. If we're going to presume that there are states and that those states have rights— then if that state, as an organization that is legitimate, 
That's what you're presuming. I'm not, but fine. Let's do that. Um, if you're presuming that that state has uh, has the right to enter into a contract known as the Constitution of the United States of America, then by God, it has the right to get out. There's no other organizational model that we have as an example in history that you can't. Once you're in, you can't get out. And if Democrats are so strongly anti-slavery now, when they were pro-slavery before, yeah. Why did they support the 16th Amendment, which basically re-legalized slavery, only it enslaved everyone to the federal government under the income tax? Right, because slavery these days basically amounts to uh, taxes. And when you have to – I mean, slavery is giving a certain amount of the it's fruits of your labor. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, well, the, yeah, the fruits of your labor go to somebody else, and that's what's going on with, uh, with, with taxes too. So anyway, um, you know, going on here. Uh, This lingering white supremacy in the libertarian movement carried on beyond the 20th century into the ideologues, um, excuse me, beyond the mid 20th century, into the ideologues of Murray Rothbard and Lou Rockwell. Rothbard himself wrote the proper strategy of libertarians and paleos is a strategy of right wing populism. Well, I I mean, I guess my, my defense of that statement would be is most people are conservative by nature um and, and right-wing populism is gun rights because that was really the preeminent it's anti-immigrant civil, too that was, yeah but it was pre- gun rights were the preeminent civil rights issue of the era in which murray rothbard was ma- talking about those things it had nothing to do with segregation or desegregation or immigration or anything like that it was almost entirely about gun rights I mean, libertarians have a heck of a time with patriotism, and and that's considered right-wing populism. And gun control laws, I should remind people, were passed under the Jim Crow legislation to disarm blacks. That's absolutely the reason for them. So anyway, he's uh, basically comparing white right-wing policies to uh, Donald Trump here. Of course, what else would you do? Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. talk live you're welcome to call in talk about whatever you want to talk about we're uh it's mark we're here with you by the way melanie and mike yeah we're talking about this uh this guy on the internet who uh has written an article that says that libertarians are basically all racists and i think it's uh it's worth tearing this down because this is to me this is the easy this is the idiot's easy way out of winning an argument well my enemies are racists It's also kind of irrelevant. So if I have a ideology for a societal structure, I could be the most evil person that ever walked the face of the earth. I'm either right or wrong on my own merits. It's not relevant to the discussion. It's, it's relevant true. to whether or not what kind of person I am. That's, it's not relevant to the conclusions that I come to. Right. That's the uh, argu- uh, argu- ad hominem attack, as, as, as they say, is attacking the person rather than the argument. When you can't attack the argument, which in many cases leftists do not feel qualified to do, or they feel like attacking uh, the actual argument isn't working, so why not attack the person who's over there? And as Gable says... To always blame the others of that of which you are guilty. (laughs) That's uh, uh, Gables, uh, Goebbels, or whatever his name is. Yeah, Uh, Hitler's guy. There you go. So let me tell you about uh, Bitcoin.com. I cannot stress this enough. Bitcoin.com is your premier source for everything that is Bitcoin related. 
If you need to get some Bitcoin, they got it at Bitcoin.com. If you need to get a wallet to put your uh, Bitcoin in, which, of course, you already have a wallet if you have some Bitcoin. But they have a really great wallet over there at Bitcoin.com. You can uh, get some free Bitcoin. They've got a free faucet. Uh, they can show you where you can spend your Bitcoin, places like SaveAtPurse.com. Uh, you can also read the latest news or engage in uh, with the community at the Bitcoin Forum. They've got uh, everything you need there. And they buy latest news. They have a news department at Bitcoin.com. Learn more by going over to Bitcoin.com. It's Bitcoin.com. And uh, going on with the article here from Medium, we can see this again with strands of white supremacy throughout Ron Paul's two-year presidential two uh, presidential campaigns in 2008 and 2012. Perhaps the clearest place is where internet libertarianism flourished. Paul was favored, was the favored presidential candidate by libertarians. And if you spent a lot of time on websites such as Reddit in 2012, you almost certainly saw massive amounts of support for him. Of course, while not everyone who supported Ron Paul was a racist, well, thanks for that, buddy. It's really kind. Uh, he was surrounded by racists, and they had a strong place in his campaign, including future alt-right leader Richard Spencer. Okay. False. Wait, what? No. <laughs> Richard Spencer is an outright socialist. There's no way he, he supported Ron Paul. I think that I heard that he was uh, in, in the campaign, but, uh, you know, anyway... Uh, uh, this is the claim by the guy. My favorite part is is that he links a YouTube uh, channel here uh, to that. <laughs> so I can't even look at his uh, his link uh, to suggest that the Richard Spencer was somehow involved. But even if that was so, he suge- he suggests that it's he's surrounded by racists and then says Richard Spencer. That's, That's not yeah. surrounded. Richard Spencer uh, doesn't count as more than one just because he's like more famous or powerful. Or- yeah. More racist or there was they did have this uh they smeared Ron Paul during the uh, the campaigns with these newsletters that he had put out at one point Texas Straight Talk was what they were called and which it, hadn't even been written by him no they weren't written by him and they probably should have been edited by him but as a person who is sort of you know at the top of an organization I can see, I can tell you, it's difficult to handle every task. Uh, I mean, I just can't do everything. So I have to delegate tasks. And sometimes I don't, like, you know, I'm sure Ron Paul didn't realize in retrospect he wishes he would have looked at that particular, uh, you know, editing job and said, uh, you know, I wish I would have read this thing all the way through and seen what was said there, but I didn't. And really the things that he had said that he was accused of, of, of being racist about was the sort of economic conditions that he was predicting and he predicted that one of the potential fallouts would be racial based conflicts. And what are we seeing now with black lives matter versus, you know, you've got in white supremacists in Charlottesville, you know, there's a a fulfillment of his predictions. That's racist. Um, Anyway, uh, going on here, but it wasn't until the collapse of new atheism that right libertarianism would reach the peak of its internet success. New atheism was the primary shelter for teenage, white, middle-class men around 2010. I'll take your word for it. I I wasn't there. I wasn't one of those things either. Certainly wasn't teenage. And I'm ashamed to confess I was one of them. Reddit was originally one of the biggest places on the internet for new atheism, with uh, uh, our atheism being one of the biggest subreddits on the site. 
Over time, it transitioned from hating religion to hating social justice warriors, supporting Ron Paul's presidential campaign, and fighting for libertarian issues like legalization of marijuana. Just as we can draw a direct line between right atheism and white supremacy— excuse me, right libertarianism and white supremacy, we can do the same with new atheism and the libertarian movement. (laughs) Okay, we need to, uh, I'll take your word for it. I mean, I don't know, I wasn't there. We just need to look at uh, YouTube to see the rational skeptics like the amazing atheist or Sargon of Akkad uh, uh, transition from new atheism to classical liberalism to the alt-right. Now, Sargon of Akkad supposedly is not alt-right at all. Neither no, of not. those people are all right. He just is not afraid to cover those per, those issues in person. And one of those people is a leftist. Amazing atheist? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know any of this stuff. I don't follow any of these things uh, that he's making the claim on here. Yeah, amazing atheist was what they called an A-plus person, which was a group of left-wing atheists who were trying to co-opt the whole atheist movement for progressivism. I'll take your word for it. All these communities carried over a similar audience, the previously mentioned white middle class demographic, mainly on platforms such as YouTube or Reddit. Indeed, it could be argued that the part of what uh, made new atheism so popular among its demographic was not only the counterculture rebellion against traditional societal values, but strands of Islamophobia. Obviously, and, and this does sort of happen in atheism. They'll they'll say things like, um, you know, I. I I hate uh, Christianity, but boy, those Muslims are dangerous, or whatever it is that they say. And I suppose some of them are, but uh, you know, obviously not all of them. And it seems like anybody from the Middle East is always called out as a Muslim, whereas anybody who commits a terrible, heinous crime uh, from any other place isn't called a Christian. Like this guy who shot up the the mosque isn't being called a Christian; he's just being called, uh, you know, a bigot. And that's probably fair. And pinning him down on anything is hard, given sure his is. manifesto is so full of memes from 8chan. I mean, yeah. you know, what exactly does he represent? Which was just a joke. Yeah. Um, so, so with the transition from new atheism to right libertarianism, the alt-right had a clear target for conversion and recruitment. So the similarities uh, between uh, libertarianism and the alt-right, as hinted at by his historical development, uh, its historical development, libertarianism is to... Uh, particularly appealing to the white middle-class men. It seems fairly obvious why. This group is perhaps the most privileged in our society and sees little reason for a, cha- for a change in societal uh, politics. And to Then hold- you wouldn't be a libertarian. You would be a Republican. I-, I think that he wants to call everything the same, and this is one of the mistakes that leftists really make, um, is for whatever reason... They, they may hate Republicans, but they hate Libertarians worth. But they agree with Libertarians on some issues. Oh, be, yeah, but the problem is the issues they disagree with us on are ones that we agree with Republicans on, and that makes us super Republicans, which are double secret evil. Whatever, yeah. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com wants you to know about SaveItPurse.com. Since launching in 2014, over 200,000 users have saved an average of 15% for a combined $4 million using Bitcoin, or BTC. And now, you can use Bitcoin Cash, BCH, to fund your account. You can save between 5 to 33% on things you're going to buy anyway when you shop using SaveItPurse.com. Add items to your cart, fund your account, select your discount, and save. SaveItPurse.com. Save A-T-Purse.com.
Free Talk Live. You are free to call in and talk live. Here on Free Talk Live, it's Mark with you. Melanie. And Mike. We'll read an article here from Medium.com where a gentleman has uh, taken the low road in discussing libertarianism. And like so many, has just decided, well, so many uh, on on every side of the issue, right? Everybody wants to say, well, they're racist. You don't have to listen to their points. And I would just like everybody to step down for, you know, just a, a few minutes here in life. And when somebody uses the pejorative racist, it's not that we should ignore it completely, because obviously there are racist people in the world. But Right, but it's also a very, you know, heinous thing to accuse someone of right being, i mean it's the next know. it's it's the next step down from pedophile uh you know and once you call somebody a racist you don't have to listen to their arguments anymore i'm just saying hey everybody our rhetoric needs to not be sloppy yeah okay and if if you can at least have good rhetoric you can have, have a conversation you might learn something and and i would like to know when uh being a communist is Back to being seen as just as or worse than being called a, a Nazi. I don't know if communist, but um, certainly uh, socialist has uh, has gotten more currency with uh, the. Well, car- being a socialist is is cool now, you know. And the thing is, is that socialists, what it means. <laughs> socialists and communists killed way more people than the Nazis did in the 20th century, but they're not seen as anywhere near as evil and dastardly. Hashtag not real socialism. <laughs> Let's go to the phones here real quick. We got uh, Bad Slave sitting on the line calling in on the Discord. By the way, you can call in on Discord too if you would uh, like to. You just go to discord.freetalklive.com and there you'll have the option of you can use the web browser if you want. I don't think you can call in the web browser, but if you get the the app, especially on your phone, it works really well and you'll sound great. Use Discord. We have cookies. <laughs> Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you. Mark, Melanie, and Mike, three M's. There. What's up, bro? What's on your mind? Go, go for it. Yeah, good to, good to hear from you, Mike, too. Uh, listen, uh, I was watching a an imam uh, somewhere. I don't even know where, but he was speaking English, a little bit of Arabic, just like uh, Will, uh, Will Coley. And, 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 you know, they were all commiserating about losing, you know, all their – uh, compatriots there in in NZ and uh, and I you know I'm way with them on that I nobody should have to put up with this crap I don't care what your race creed or you know color is and the the fact is is that these people there was a bunch of you know there it looked like there might have been a hundred people of uh, chiming in on the comments on this guy's uh live stream and you know i i just kind of threw in a couple of things about self defense in there that uh that the, the right exists and it's a good idea <laughs> yeah I mean, even if we you don't, don't have to use it we won't know what would have happened in the new zealand situation if people would have been able to carry concealed carry uh handguns because basically it's really close to just illegal in new zealand at least according well, to what i've seen on the internet it's not illegal it's not close to illegal but it's it's you can't use self-defense as a 
reason to put on your application for a gun license. So you have yeah, to say so even, you know, so hunting or target carrying, shooting is your reason for that. But you can't carry. I mean, you don't need a concealed carry permit so, for target if, shooting, right? If if you're carrying, you know what? You know, oh, I had it because I was going to go and do, uh, you know, target practice afterwards. My, you know, my mosque meeting or whatever, and and uh, I was going to, uh, you know. I was definitely not going to defend myself, but there I was with my handgun. And so I went ahead and, you know, picked the guy off and, you know, I don't know how many lives. Well, I don't know New Zealand law, but I kind of doubt that all these countries that have those kind of restrictions are going to be like, oh, well, you know, you could just carry as long as you're vaguely on their way to the range. Carrying is probably pretty illegal. Well, you know, I don't know. Do they have ranges there even? I'm yes, assuming. they do. My, actually, my cousin immigrated there um, when he finished his uh, doctorate in climatology right. in, in, in Auckland. So, you know, he was able to bring his firearms from the U.S. to New Zealand. He had to register them and, and get permits and all that kind of stuff. But. So so firearms or not, I, I was addressing the idea of hate. And I put that in quotes because... It's it's not my word. And um, I there was there was they used the word hate so much in their comments, uh, 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 you know, to this imam in uh, wherever he was. I don't even know. It was just one of those random things where you you see something going on and you pick it up on on Facebook Live. And uh, so, I, you know, I. You know, it was all talking about uh, all this hate. And I, I eventually put in a, a thing in there. I said, listen, you know, I, I doubt that hate really has anything to do with this 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 idiot's shoot, you know, I, you know, shooting event. I, he was he had a particular, you know, list of of uh objectives uh and and i you know i i doubt that hate was in there i you know he's oh he, he was definitely an ethno-nationalist um he specifically said in his manifesto and i encourage people to actually go online and read his manifesto don't rely on what the news media says he said uh, well, um, I, everybody I, online saying do not read his manifesto no read it <laughs> you know, I, I always encourage you need to you need to read um, yeah. you, what your enemies write to know well, what they're saying. To do that. I'm intending to do that. But even being an ethno-nationalist, are you what muting me? No, I know. Me? I'm, I'm saying I'm I'm curious as to how you're going to say that an ethno-nationalist doesn't have uh, hate. I'm 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 you know. I'm, well, I'm waiting for I, this. I I just I you know. He has decided, you know, through maybe something that he got from, uh, you know, Molyneux or whoever, uh, you know, about IQs or about whatever, and that, uh, you know, and, and it's, you know, it from some screwed up thing, it, it may not have anything to do with it. Well, so I mean, it's ignorance. You know, yeah, hate. One me, of his big arguments you, is you that... Can't hate. You can't hate without having, uh, you know, some kind of a relationship. He, 
Yeah, that's his stuff, not true. His, no, that's not true at all. And and you know his, his arguments were actually more about fear than about well, I guess hate coming from fear. Hate does um, come from fear. Yeah. Um, he his arguments are revolve around uh, the demographic trap uh, that whites are in, where because so many whites in so many white dominated countries have bought into modern progressivism and feminism and so forth that the uh, fertility rate among white women has dropped and it's not at a replacement population and that this the propaganda supporting that that's behind this uh demographic problem that european that white ethnic people have is a a form of quote there's sure white a lot of people they're worried about how many kids okay. other people are and, having and the thing my argument is it's like if you really have that as your argument why aren't you out making love and not war? You have more kids, okay? That's the solution. Well, most of these people are making the argument can't. They can't find somebody who's willing to carry their child. Bad slave, thank well, you for the yeah, call. You know, obviously, the, there's something broken in this person. I would say that's correct. Thank you for the call. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. I mean, he went in and shot up and killed uh, 50 people. And, uh, pr- Sounds pr- pretty hateful to me. Prison's going to suck. Uh, I, I mean, I guess his point was it was ignorance, not hate. Eh, okay. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You're free to call in, talk live about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. Melanie. And Mike. Going through this article from Medium.com. Somebody who's basically saying that... Uh, well, white middle class, first it's libertarians, then it's the Republicans, then it's Donald Trump, then it's the white middle class, then it's the atheist. Everybody's a racist, uh, according to this guy. And, you know, when that's the premise of your article, I suppose that's what you should try to prove. However, um, at w- yeah, but what, logic is racist, though. Right? At what point do you just sort of give up and say, well, everybody's racist except for me and I'm the only right one, so you should listen to me? I mean, so if that's the case, then there's no reason to strive for anything else. If literally everyone is racist, then there is zero marginal cost to being racist, <laughs> and you might as well just proceed <laughs> with what you're doing. Yeah, well, that's that's true. So going on, it's uh, uh, hinted at by its historical development, libertarianism is particularly appealing to white middle-class men. It seems fairly obvious why this group is perhaps the most privileged in our society, and it sees little reason for a change in that social or the, the societal order in place. Similarly, well, obviously, rich white men, if you're taking this premise, are more uh, you know, benefiting. Middle-class men don't particularly benefit compared to rich men, so why in the world but it doesn't really matter. I mean, in our system, uh, Harvard's already done a study, and it says that we're closer to a plutocracy, which is ruled by the rich, than we are to a democracy anyway. So middle-class people don't have that much sway. Right. We're a bigger oligarchy than Russia is. Our oligarchs are just better at hiding among the crowd. I think that's correct. Similarly, the alt-right and all levels of far-right politics hold exactly the same goal, though admittedly they aim to achieve them through different means. But when the advantages uh, start to erode, that's when we are Oh, is he just not going to say what the goal is? No. 
They're forced what to. What is my goal? I won't need to know. More reactionary authoritarian ideologies. Immigration is an ideal example for this. Since under a libertarian ideology, immigration should not be restricted in any way, borders are one of the major constructs of the state, and we shouldn't be restricting the right of people to uh, choose where they live. However, if you actually talk to libertarians, very often you'll find that they are far more against immigration than their supposed ideology would suggest. And this is where I love having this debate with the so-called left libertarians, because in a perfect anarchist society where a society without a coercive state without a coercive state uh-huh. all land will be privately owned sounds pretty accurate there will be no public and the water too. there will be no public rights of way no unclaimed land because anybody can claim any land so therefore you don't have any right of travel or migration if you want to cross someone else's property you have to ask permission for the privilege of crossing their property. So therefore, travel and immigration is not a right. It's a privilege. I tend to think that's true uh, because I don't believe in the right to travel for the same reasons that you're saying. It's just that you may have a right to travel, but you don't have a right to travel to walk through my living room to get there. Right. Um, so, you know, how, how, where does this right of travel come from and exactly what does it mean? Um, I, I, I tend to agree with that. But what would happen, likely, is that there would be roads that would put in, be put in place by, say, major corporations, uh, like Walmart and that kind of thing. Then, Or homeowners associations. I like to say countries are country clubs. They're huge homeowners associations. Well, they are, but you never had the choice as to whether or not you entered into the agreement. Oh, sure. But, you know, I, grew, I lived in a homeowners association that my parents bought into. Yep. I didn't have a choice That's about true. living there. Yeah. Okay. And I grew up there. Yep. All right. I same well, happens. Well, you did once you turned eighteen. So I mean, it's not sure, just a whole I, bunch of kids coming across the border by themselves. Sure. But if I inherit their house there, okay, I don't have a choice of whether or not to keep paying the fees to that association if I want to keep owning a house. If I don't want to keep paying the fees to that association, I sell the house and I move out of that homeowners association. That's correct. Okay. So, and that's that's that is true when it comes to a libertarian society. Ultimately, this is true, right? The problem is, is there is no place to move that is freer or significantly freer than where we are today, and people should be able to migrate um, as they wish. I would like to be able to have somebody come from a foreign country and visit me without having to go through all the rigmarole that there is involved. Oh, sure, but. Um, I can't do that because the Homeowners Association in Washington, D.C., that has basically conquered the earth, uh, you know. Well, you have them, and they're basically representing all the, the, the homeowners associations of each state. Okay, so you've got this association of associations. They've got strong protections that limit the guests that can be in the country club. And they also have strong protections against your voice ever being heard. Correct. So, um, yes, it's true. I I tend to agree with you on this. However, we have a really, really inefficient system. And saying that, um, you know, the problem with immigrants, if there's a problem, is that they avail themselves of welfare, right, if it's available, who wouldn't? 68% of illegal immigrants are actually using one form of welfare or another, despite So I've heard. Um, prohibitions. And, right. I mean, if that's if you include their children who are American citizens yeah, and things babies. like that. Right. The, the anchor babies, as it's referred to. Um, but if you put out a bowl of uh, cat food every morning, 
you can't really get angry that cats come and eat it, you know? Um, so if you have a program that gives a bunch of free stuff out, the problem is the program. The problem is the bowl of cat food, oh, not yeah. the cats. The cheese in the trap is for always free. Yes. So um, I would say that the problem is is that we have welfare programs that immigrants can avail themselves of. They're not written properly, and nobody seems to want to rewrite them. We know that it's a lot easier to grow the government by creating a wall and putting and, hiring and border guards. That, uh, Hold the, on. Uh, it's, it's easier to grow the government by hiring border guards than it is to shrink the government and actually make a welfare law that you know is makes because, some damn sense. Because our, our representative democratic system bases the apportionment of congressional districts on the number of persons in your district, not the number of citizens. And this is a, a battle that's Should starting be now. <laughs> and that's why you have sanctuary states that want to hog all the congressional districts are encouraging illegal immigrants, and they want them all coming there, and they're putting them all on welfare because they want more congressional representatives to vote for more largesse to be fun- federal funding for their states. From the federal government. See the problem? Um, I also think that many people would come to this country and work very hard even if they weren't given a vote. I don't think they need it. No, they don't. Um, ultimately, that this country offers so many great things, a vote is minuscule among them. And if the reason the Republicans don't want uh, people to come uh, from other countries is because they might vote Democrat. Well, first off, Republicans have a marketing problem. But second off, let's just make it so that that's not an issue. I think that we should have a lot more legal immigration. I think we should make it very hard. That's what to Trump said a couple a weeks citizen. ago. You know, get rid of birthright citizenship. Make it make citizenship harder than getting a driver's license. I think it should be, yeah, I think it should be difficult to be a citizen. And I don't know what it would take to do that. But that's just trimming around the edges. What I think we should do is rewrite the Constitution to make it very, very difficult for the federal government to grow in size. That too, but, yeah. um, you know, that's not going to happen either. Going on with uh, this, he's talking about the, the issue of borders, which does separate libertarians. They don't all think the same way. Mike, I don't suspect you feel exactly about borders as I do, but it's okay, right? I mean, just because this guy thinks that libertarians should feel this way. I, I distinguish between my ideal anarchist society versus dealing with the current society as it is agreed obviously we have a current society and the, the whatever rules you make have to function under that society you can't the democrats don't get to say we'll just have the libertarian ideals that we like and we aren't going to apply the rest of them it doesn't work that way right. sorry the same rhetoric around the undeserving poor is used both towards people on welfare and immigrants who are apparently coming to live on welfare This is also due to the idea that immigrants will vote for left-wing parties more, which they do, than than lead to a stronger welfare state. Time and time again, what libertarians have shown to be willing to abandon what they claim as their core principles to uphold the societal order, which places them on top. That doesn't make us unique as humans. No, I wouldn't. You get on top from merit, from working and achieving and innovating and and earning people's recognition of what you've worked in. Well, I, I, my system that I've just laid out here, I welcome people coming to this country. You just don't get a vote. You just don't get free stuff. Right. And no free stuff, no vote. If you want opportunities, you come for opportunities, not and, for a gravy train. And that is consistent as it could possibly be with libertarianism. It's not a problem with it. It's not consistent with democracy, but I think democracy sucks because I hate human beings. I think the vast majority of them are stupid. Okay? Yes. I absolutely believe that. 100%. If you have a 100 IQ, I don't consider that average. I consider that dumb. 
450-3733. Call in and spread your hate. Right. What we've said. 855-450 free is in freedom. I know. I know. It's a terrible position. But this is 48 years I've lived on this planet with folks. And I haven't grown to love them. Free Talk Live. Go to themorganreport.com and receive updates and insights you will not find anywhere else on the web. You will discover how to grow and protect your wealth under all market conditions. The Free Morgan Report provides interviews, webinars, question and answer sessions, plus mind-blowing videos. As David Morgan says, let my passion create your wealth. TheMorganReport.com. TheMorganReport.com. Kick it off the second hour of Free Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here. We're uh, going through an article uh, about, well, first it was about how libertarians, then it was about how atheists, and then it's about uh, everybody's a racist, basically. And uh, I think that it's important to look at these arguments as they're laid out, because many times they're attractive. Uh, the, the idea that you could just call your opponent names and forget about uh, anything that makes any sense. Uh, but it, it's it's to me it's very frustrating. If we're going to have uh, discussions, public discourse, let's everybody learn a little bit of rhetoric, shall we? I mean, it'll be make us feel a lot better. It's Mark here with you, Melanie and Mike, eight five five four five zero three seven three three. To understand this fully, I think it's essential to separate the similarities between the alt right and libertarianism into two categories. The emotional aspect and the ideological aspect. The emotional similarities between the two groups allows libertarians to become sympathetic to the alt-right. Then the ideological aspect allows them to become fully integrated. This is how libertarians become alt-right. I thought we were supposed to be all sympathetic and have empathy and have feelings. and Not towards the wrong people, Melanie. Not towards the wrong people. The emotional similarities between these two groups can be understood as uh, language and attitudes that they both share. To begin with, both groups are primarily opposed to the same thing, social justice. When, a watching, uh, when watching a libertarian and neo-fascist complain about feminism, it's almost impossible to tell the two apart. Um, I don't think that's true. As a libertarian, I would say that women should be equal, that everybody yes. should be equal. And when I complain about things that aren't equal, and that would be the only thing that I would complain about. I'm not complaining about feminism, unless you're talking about this uh, ranting third wave feminist stuff that I see on the internet, which, which just really looks like insanity. Social justice. It, it, it looks it's like Marxism. a bunch of crazy well, so stuff. So I think it's that you probably Marxism. have a very different definition of equal than a leftist does. Uh, I would agree uh, on that. So Because right? so we can't gotta, agree on what are rights, because the... The libertarians, people on the right, recognize rights as ne- what, what are called more broadly negative rights, which are things that you can exercise that don't put any duty on anyone else, any positive duty for others to perform for you to enjoy those rights. Whereas the communists, the socialist people on the left recognize what we consider privileges to be what they call positive rights, where it puts a burden on everybody else for you to enjoy something, i.e., I have a right to health care, so therefore you should pay for my health care. 
that's a positive right or privileges. Right. Um, I mean, this it, it gets very complicated when discussing rights theory, which very few people are qualified to do, especially people on the left, because they, they're not even having these discussions. Um, you have to determine how a right becomes. What is a right? Please, in, in order to abide by the Socratic method, we're talking about rhetoric here, right? You must first define terms. Right. If you don't have a definition for terms, you can't have a discussion. If I'm talking about rights and I mean negative rights, and you're talking about rights and you mean positive rights, we're not even never the twain we meet. And a lot of those arguments they slip you a Mickey, like this the right to health care argument. Yep. Sure, you have a right to health care. You have a right to receive health care that you can purchase on the free market from anyone willing to offer it to you. Right. Just like I have a right to purchase a firearm on the free market from anyone worth, worth willing to sell it to me. That's how you exercise a right. You don't exercise a right by the government buying it for you. So uh, one way that I like to look at rights is looking at the caveman. I, I understand people probably didn't live in caves nearly as much as we uh, previously thought. But uh, regardless, let's look at the person on the plains, the savanna, as it were. Does he have the right to his own religion? Sure he does. Sure. He can come up with whatever his religion is, and he can or she can abide by that religion, completely free to do so. Does he or she have the right to freedom of speech? Well, to what uh, to what level they can speak is up to them. However, yes, they have the right to yowl at the moon if they wish. Frog speaks. Right, right. <laughs> no, no, no problem there. Uh, do they have the, the right to own property out there well sure they can stake off a piece of land they can uh, improve that land they can do all those things do they have the right to health care okay well um they can chew up some roots and put it on a wound or something so and if they can find a shaman they can right a shaman can shake some bones at them or whatever it is that he or she does uh, uh but i mean why don't they have a right to i don't know an iron lung well because it wasn't invented right Somebody put, uh, you know, intelligence and purpose and, and materials together and created an iron lung. They deserve to be compensated for that. Now, I'm not saying that healthcare should be as expensive as it is, but consider this, ladies and gentlemen. This is really important. Just listen for a second. Healthcare costs have risen commensurate to government involvement in health care. Right. 90% of the rise in health care costs in the last 30 to 40 years has been by the increase in the administrators, not the increase in the cost of health care providers. There have been people who have made medical advancements and tried to give them away and tried to make them public domain. And insulin is one of them, and I think it was a... The polio vaccine. Yeah, polio. And... So then some other corporation who never paid them ended up with it and now has an exclusive monopoly granted by the government to sell something they had no hand in because the state said so. Right. You cannot like you people try to give away health care and the government's like, nah, can't yeah, do it. If, if Jonas Salk had actually um, received royalties for his invention of the polio vaccine based upon what people have actually paid for being vaccinated against polio worldwide he would have been worth about 7 billion dollars today and he could, that you know could have set up a foundation that yes. would have then redistributed that money to people get polio vaccines which would push it farther and wider and this would have been great it would have been a great way to spend that money however he tried to do it a different way and it didn't work out cuz government 
like libertarians over and over again, you'll you'll see this theme. We know what the solution to the problem is, is getting the government out of it. But the socialists uh, here, uh, you know, this guy really, truly does claim to be a Marxist a little bit later in this article. Um, you know, they always think the government's the solution to the problem. And when you're looking at uh, rights, it's important to, to at least have the conversation. What is a right? And when you're talking about health care or, um, you know, the right to equal pay or something like that, it always includes government. And what do we what oh, do I mean by government? Always blaming the market for the failures of government. Right. The, the government goes in, Saying, messes with the market. Government failed messing with the market. We need more government to fix what the government screwed up. Right. And it just keeps going on and on. But what government is isn't something special. It's just a person. A person with a gun that's willing to use it on you if you don't follow orders. And it's a terrible way of doing anything because there's no feedback mechanism. There's no price value feedback that tells the people that are providing it whether they're actually providing value to the customer, the taxpayer, for what they're paying. So, And and this is my criticism of democracy in general where – a, a democratic vote is only a yes or no signal. It's a binary signal. Yeah. Whereas the price is an analog signal because uh, in the market, you can take tell a lot more from people buying or refusing to buy your product versus a competitive product based on features, the cost, the what price you can get for it, so on and so forth. So it's a much richer signal and a much better uh, form of democracy than a vote. Right. With a price signal, for instance, if you price your gallon of gasoline at $10, I will buy none of them. If you price your gallon of gasoline at $3, I will buy as much as I need. If you price your gallon of gasoline at $1, I will find everything I own that will hold gasoline and I will come and get it from you because I am pleased with what you are offering, right? I'm not saying that it's easy to do that and you can do that and those kinds of things. I'm just saying this is a much richer uh, signal. Now, when it comes to a vote, if you offer me Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump for whom to vote, I may vote. I will vote for one of them. But not for the reasons that you think yeah, I did. Yeah, that's more of a trolley problem than a thing well, you want. Well, yes. you're talking about gasoline. So excellent example is the story of Standard Oil. Because um, Rockefeller, he was punished not for being a trust, being a monopoly that charged too much, but that he charged too little for gasoline and his competitors could not compete. He ran his competitors out of business because he always beat them on the price because he well, ran he a better business. He bought them out. Price sharking. No, he didn't. He was giving people a better product for less money, and they the competitors got. Free talk live. <laughs> Free Talk Live. You're welcome to call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about here on this live edition. It's Mark with you. Melanie. And Mike. Some of you who've been listening to Free Talk Live for some period of time may have heard about the the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is also known as Pork Fest, as in Porcupine Fest. And if you have heard about this and you're like, oh, I heard it isn't what it used to be. There's a way that you can enjoy the way that Porkfest used to be. You can go to Forkfest 2019. Uh, Forkfest is from June the 13th through the 18th at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Uh, it's a fork of 
pork fest, essentially, and you're invited to come and create whatever experience you'd like to have with others. There's no central planning around Fork Fest. It's decentralized. And so you can set up uh, like like Jay Noon has. You can set up Man Camp. Uh, there's uh, the, the, the let's see Derek Jay and his uh, partner, Stephen. They've set up the uh, Big Gay Dance Party. And so there's lots of things. You can create whatever you want. Or you can simply relax and go camping with other Liberty lovers, which is, you know, it's a lot of fun. Just enjoy what other people do. For more information to connect with other Fork Festers via the unofficial Telegram chat, because there is no official Telegram chat, uh, you go to or the Fork Fest forum, visit forkfest.party. That's, that's a web URL, forkfest.party. Let's go to the phones. We've got... Guillermo in Albuquerque. Guillermo, you're on Free Talk Live. How are you? All's well. What's on your mind? I just called to, called to tell you that government is the best thing that has happened to the world if the government is ran correctly like it is here. Where's here? In the United States. The United States. Um, okay. Yep. Uh, well, can you give me a premise that, uh, upon which you base the statement before I tear it to shreds? There is, there is safety. There is safety. <laughs> Did you say safety? There is safety. Okay. Yeah, there is safety. There is consistency. There is uh, specific rules that people have to follow. Dude, are you high? Like, like because this is completely absurd. Do, do have, all, all your allegations. No, you ever read not, what I'm Ben Franklin said about safety? Okay. He said that you can have safety or liberty if you, the more you pick safety, the... Right. So that that, uh, safety is incongruent with the term liberty, and if you choose uh, safety, you will neither get safety nor liberty. Who cares about Ben Franklin? We're talking about 2019. Who cares about that constitution? It's just a darn piece of paper. If you think that there's consistency in a set clear rules you need to follow we're not talking about the same country see now this guy is an actual fascist (laughs) okay people who say that the job of government is to deliver safety to people that's fascism yeah that's pretty much what it is i mean it's it's authoritarianism certainly well it's authoritarianism let's go with that term when you choose safety of the public over liberty of the public you need to achieve but that safety device, through an exertion of force. Liberty. So liberty to you is to let people do whatever the hell they want? Liberty is the ability to do what you want, so long as you don't harm anyone else. And the harm has to be so, provable. Okay, so, but, you leave that defi- but you leave the definition of not harming someone else to an individual. Well, which individual are you talking about? I mean, no. You and me. So, so I... So, so I uh, molest an 11-year-old, but I don't think that's harming him. So it should be up to me. because Well, the opinion. 11-year-old may disagree with you on that, and his parents may disagree with you on that. And then they would and have that's a where your disagreement you. <laughs> ends you up in court. No, but that's, that's, where the, that's where the government has to tell me that that's not right. And, and, okay. and well, the, the child's just, and father may say Guillermo. shooting pedophiles <laughs> is perfectly okay. But, G- G- Guillermo, if what we're talking about here is pedophilia... And the government's role in in handling pedophilia. Let's just go ahead and talk about that. I'm talking about the 
trillions of dollars that this country is in debt because of foreign adventurism, because of um, you know social welfare programs yeah. it can't pay for, because of schools that are run by unions um, for the pr- profit of union members and not for students. I'm not talking about pedophilia. You want to go to something easy? Well, yeah, you and I can agree that there's a an why age of you, consent. You know who does not so, agree with that though? Why, the uh, why are you FBI. So ang- why are you so angry? I'm angry because you took the uh, shoddy way out, Guillermo. I mean, the, pub, the the general public would deal with that a lot better. The general public would just get rid of the pedophiles. Right, they just See, kill them. The United States government, federal government would okay, become the largest okay, distributor of child porn on the planet. Okay, That's what the United States federal government, government the did. The safety that Hold government on, guys. Hold delivers. on, guys. Let Guillermo say something here. Go ahead, Guillermo. Okay. The, con- the consistency that I'm talking about is that no matter where you are in this country, the same rules apply to everybody, and that's because of that the is completely false. Well, that's the not true either. The, yeah, the government. I'll give you a good example. Safety is to protect criminals from the righteous wrath of the public. That's the purpose of government. But what about this? Have you ever seen a cop pull over a cop for uh, you know running a stoplight? Yeah. You have. Uh, will a cop, a cop pull a cop? No. No, that's because they don't. That's because they operate by a different system of rules. Do you think the politicians operate by the same rules? So we have different classes of people. You said there was consistency. And I'm saying there's the state and there's you. And the state operates by different rules than you do. It's not consistent if you have politicians living by a different set of rules than you and me. Well, I'm not. I'm not including politicians at all. I'm including and police and bureaucrats well, and anybody country. rich enough so, to buy off a. Why do we need cops and politicians, Guillermo? Why do we need what? Why do we need cops and politicians? We don't need politicians, but we do need cops. Well, how are you going to have laws without politicians, buddy? Uh, well, because the politicians should not be paid, and it should be. A system where if you want to serve the public, you should serve them without pay, without any compensation at all. That's pretty much how it is in here in New Hampshire, and it's not that much different. Yeah, that's pretty much the case here. Um, So why do we need cops? To supposedly to protect and serve. From bad people? Supposedly. So we need. Yeah, and find. People, okay, black people. So, what what unique thing? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Gary almost said something here. Did you say incarcerate as many black people as they could? Yep. That's what you're hoping the cops will do. That's what they do. Well, but we don't need them for that. We need them to protect and serve. Ah, we excellent. So we need police to protect us from the bad okay. people. You, we you, need people, bad people, to protect us from okay. the bad people. Right, now, like. Now, you said that the U.S. government is the best government out there. Now, I will tell you that the Supreme Court has ruled on many occasions that the police have no responsibility to protect you or me, period. Okay, go ahead and clarify, Guillermo. I didn't say it's the best government there is. I'm saying that the things that this government does, a lot of them work. A lot of them work. Some of them don't work because nothing is ever going to work perfectly. Well, a lot of them work. I think that that's true, but you don't. But the government doesn't get any feedback mechanism, right? Like, there's no way to know whether it could work better. And you know, politicians, people in power, are always going to aggregate power to themselves, power and money to themselves as best they can, and that's what they've done. Yeah, we pay a whole lot. It's better than Mexico, though. We pay a whole lot more than any other country, and we get. Very little that's useful and a lot of really bad stuff. Funny thing is, is that uh, retirees from America are going to Mexico for a better life. 855, thanks for the call out, Guillermo.
855-450-3733. We have some good news. The indictments against Ross Albrecht in the District of Maryland were dismissed with prejudice, meaning they can never be refiled. This is especially good because those indictments contain the only charge ever made that Ross engaged in murder for hire. This was a serious allegation that Ross Albrecht denies. It was never prosecuted or ruled on by a jury, but was trumpeted by the federal government and the media as if it were proven fact. The Maryland court held these indictments for almost five years, poisoning Ross's case and leaving him under a cloud of unproven allegations. As explained in Ross's appeal to the Supreme Court, the fact that the judge used these allegations to give Ross a draconian sentence of double life without parole violated his Sixth Amendment right to a jury trial. Judges are required to issue sentences based on convictions decided by a jury, not unproven allegations, never even charged at trial. Although this is a positive development, the dropped indictment will not set Ross free. Now, a presidential pardon is Ross's only hope of freedom. Sign the petition at freeross.org. Freeross.org. Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. And Guillermo called in just uh, in the last segment. And he, uh, I think that he's... Um, you know, pointing out some things that are pretty fair to point out, right? Like if so, first off, one of the first tricks is to say the American government. If you're looking, uh, you know, American government's great, so government's great. And well, consider that the American government rules 300 million people, and the world has eight billion in it. So the American government rules very few. And However, it does op- the Washington D.C. does operate as a city state that controls the planet, but um, I mean, you know, he he then backed off to if government's done correctly. Well, where's it done correctly in the United States? Oh, I've got some things to say to you because I think we could do it a lot better. So, you know, I'm I'm not sure I entirely I think, disagree with the well, guy. I think that the unite the American system is better than most because of federalism. Well, right, and and the flu is better than AIDS. That doesn't mean the flu is something you want to get. I think we could get better service uh, if uh, you know from smaller organizations, yes. and that large organizations tend to aggregate power to themselves. And, and, so you have to watch out right. for them. And over time, the federal government has aggregated power sure to has. itself, and the states have lost power. Right, and this is the thing that uh, you know the the Democrats never want to say is, is that Barack Obama aggregated more power to the presidency than anyone had up to there to four uh, to his presidency. He was had the least transparent um, organization and operated with impunity on issues that would not have been acceptable decades before. Um, you know, now Trump, he's going to do it. He's doing it, too. Well, what do you think it's going to be like next? You think suddenly we're going to get somebody in there that's going to operate uh, from a constitutional oh, no, standpoint? We're, we're getting to the tipping point. That uh, where we're going to be transitioning to an empire. That's what my concern well, that is. <laughs> might be preferable as long as we get rid of the term limits. But yeah, so and what he was doing is what statists typically do is he was presenting an actual government that actually exists, and then what wanting to be judged on some alternate dimension fantasy government where everything gets done oh. right. It's like okay, so if you have a system, if you want to discuss this fictitious system that has never existed. Then we can discuss that on its own merits, but that does not have anything good to say about the U.S. or Russia 
or Spain yeah. Yeah. or right. Mexico right. or anything else. Mayberry has a great government. <laughs> right, okay. it sure does. But if you're going to, you know, someplace where you have a lot of patron-client relationships in town and, you know, it's a, 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 a political boss mayor running things and, you know, lynching people and that sort of thing, that doesn't sound like a pretty good not Not a great deal. Okay, so you have a wide range of quality in government, even here in the U.S. Now, we aren't quite as bad as a lot of most of the earth. But we aren't quite as great as some small areas of the earth that have probably done a better job, like some of these microstates. Yeah, in many cases, these microstates like, uh, you know, Andorra, uh, Liechtenstein, Luxembourg, um, you know, I, I, I pr- presume the Vatican might fit in there. There's uh, uh, Monaco. Even Singapore. Yeah, Singapore. The, uh, Singapore is not exactly free, but it is economically free. Yeah. Um, uh, Hong Kong was doing pretty good there for a while, but then they started letting uh, uh, more and more democracy in. And as you get people's opinion on how the government should be run, it gets more and more intrusive. Right. So uh, I, 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 the United States, I believe, is going in the wrong direction. It used to be freer than it is now. And uh, generally, liberty is a good solution to problems. But, you know. Please call in again and talk about other issues, uh, how, how you think that but, we can have more government you know, to fix things. I will say, you know, the difference bet- that I take between Obama and Trump, whether, you know, you count both as authoritarians, is that I don't look at, you know, I look at what they say and what they do. Mm-hmm. Okay, number one. But I also look at who's supporting them and who's attacking them. And all the people that I despise, the collectivists, the people who ben- the rent seekers, the people that benefit from big government and from building plutocracy and cronyism and you know uh, building the 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 bureaucratic state, loved Obama. They hate Trump with a passion. So that tends to tell me why are they so hostile to Trump, even if Trump may be doing some things that I don't like. Well, like, I like him for that. Yes. At the very least, he pisses off the people that so, uh, I like the least. Someone who pisses off the people that I like the least, that makes me give that person the benefit of the doubt versus someone who may, you know, that, that is more of a, a, a friend of those inimical forces. A few, um, a couple of <laughs> few months ago, I heard, uh, you know, him talking about, um, you know, more immigration, more legal immigration, um, him talking about, uh, you know, trying to make good with North Korea, uh, get out of Syria, get out of, um, uh, you know, stay out of Iraq. What was the other place that he wanted to get out of? Some other war zone that he wanted to get out of. And, well, that sounds all sounds good to me. So uh, I'm, I don't know if he's in charge of that. Though. Well, um, I wonder, you know, there was there's a, t- a to and fro. For instance, John, John Bolton was trying to walk back Trump's pullouts from Syria. But then, you know, now the Trump administration is saying that their forces are going down to a thousand. And even then the Pentagon came out and corrected and says, no, we're drawing it down to 400. So it looks like things are going in the right direction. We'll see if that changes at all. Let's go to Sarah calling in from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, yes. Uh, did you know that I've been shopping more at CBS? I did not. Ever since they, well, ever since they, they got rid of all the tobacco products. Yeah. That was a while ago. It's been some time, but uh, every time I go up, I'm kind of happy about that. It never made much sense to me that a drugstore uh, that was meant to heal people um, is selling tobacco. 
They actually do still sell, still sell tobacco, though. They just only sell the elitist forms of tobacco. Like they sell chewing gum? They patches and gum. Okay. Which is the exact That's same thing. That's not tobacco. Thing. That's a nicotine product. But all right. Well, I mean, and the, so the thing is, it was supposed to, like, they were supposed to lose, like, $30 million per year on the profit from tobacco. But see, but I'm going in there more than I shop at Walgreens just to show that they will make more money doing what is proper. It's a principle. I suspect they have made some more money by doing it. And... I think that it's. Uh, I, I think it was the right move for them personally. Uh, leave the tobacco to other locations. If you're in the business of healing people, don't be selling uh, the thing that, uh, well, frankly, is the cause of more deaths on the planet. Look, I think people have the right to smoke, but you don't have a right for CVS to supply you cigarettes if CVS does not want to supply you cigarettes. No, I, that that much is true. Yeah, I'm not going to switch from Walgreens because. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give CVS preferential treatment because they still. I mean, they still sell soda and chips and right. Sugar's opium. Next, right? <laughs> so well, the fact you got rid of cigarettes is like opium. You still sell nicotine, so opium's a legit drug in the form of opiates. Not in the um quantity that they sell it. Well, they they're they're filling prescriptions as they have been given, right? You don't have to carry opium. You don't have to carry any prescription. I don't know if that's so, if you're going to be on a pharmacy license. You know what? They always ask me if I want to donate $3 for um, anti-tobacco programs. And I I have given at least um, like 10, 15 times $3, like over the last few years. Because I believe that it makes a difference. If a million people, let's say there's a... Maybe uh, like 300 CVS, I don't know how many, like maybe 1,000 or 3,000 here in America. Let's say 1 million people gave $3. What is that? It's $3 million for them to invest into um, anti-smoking programs. Probably uh, lobbyists to uh, get uh, more anti-smoking laws put in place, which, of course, Sarah doesn't have a problem with at all. I would have a deep problem with. Um, I tend to not like those cash at the cash register donation things because in many cases you just don't know where the money goes to. The cashier doesn't well, care. <laughs> I, I don't have an objection to smokers putting that because they're already paying for all of the thanks for the call, Sarah. Uh, the judicial rulings uh, that the lawsuits against the cigarette companies for giving cigarette smokers lung cancer. They just passed the, those costs on to the smokers again, and the smokers are paying for the cost of those lawsuits. What else will they pay for, right? And the, and the incredible taxes, too. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. You can call in and talk about whatever you want here on this edition of Free Talk Live, and that's really unique in the area of nationally syndicated talk shows. If you appreciate that we offer the opportunity to people who want to talk about whatever's on their mind, which isn't happening in too many places, you can support us by becoming an amplifier, just like Nahor, who is a a silver amplifier, has. Uh, Go to amp.freetalklive.com. And do as Nahor has and sign up for the AMP program. It's five bucks a month and we give you all kinds of perks. We appreciate the help and we use the money to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live, a show that is unique among radio programs in America. It's amp.freetalklive.com. 
So let's go on with this uh, libertarian hater who's written this article on the Internet um, and uh, go from there. The rhetoric that libertarians consume acts as um, the, the, the rhetoric that libertarians consume acts as a lubricant for transitioning to the alt-right. This is his premise here. Libertarians are really secret Nazis, especially around free speech. The concept of free speech is held in such high regard in libertarian circles that when a leftist suggests that giving a Nazi a chance to advocate for genocide isn't a good idea, the libertarian is forced to defend the Nazi so as to stand up for their ideas. Except for all the consistent libertarians who don't actually believe in free speech. And um, well, and, and if I didn't believe in communists and socialists also exercising free speech, then I would actually be doing what Pinochet did in tossing commies from helicopters. And I'm so not the fact that I'm not sure. doing that proves that I'm not actually a fascist. I don't know that I believe in free speech either. I think that free speech is kind of contingent on uh, property ownership the same way that you said freedom of travel is contingent oh, on yeah. property you ownership. You have a right to free speech. I, you don't have a right to make me hear you. Wait, so really what you have a right to is not aggression because I don't have a right to spe- free speech. If I did, I could walk into CNN and be like, hey, CNN, we're doing the Anarchy Show now at 5 o'clock and just grab a microphone yeah, and they a, can't stop me because I have free speech. That's the, that's the difference between speaking and listening. Okay, going in and making somebody else broadcast your message to their listeners is that's forced listening. That's not. But then I, but then I don't have free speech because free speech is a positive right. I have a right no, to non-aggression. So no, if I'm no, doing something you, no, on my own property. Free speech is not a positive right. It's a negative right because you can speak how much and however and wherever you want. But nobody is obligated to listen to you, and the market can ignore you. But I, I can't you and, speak wherever I want because a property silence. owner can say, I don't like what you said. Get off my property. Sure, and you can go someplace else where people will not say tell you not to speak, and you can speak all you want there. And if anybody wants to listen to you, they will come and listen to you, or you they will listen to your broadcast. But nobody is obligated to provide you a platform and nobody is obligated to listen to what you have to say. Well, I think the state is obligated to provide you a platform. So oh, yeah. there's um in the sense of like town square, right? Like you all, town square is probably the best example of sort of freedom of speech. You got to pay your money if, to the town. If you're going to have a town square, then everyone has to have equal access to exercise. And pretty much every town has one. Right. Um and That's not at all my experience. That every town has a town square? No, no they don't. Okay, well, the ones I'm familiar with, there's always this little plot well, they, of land where you can go. This right, free speech they, zone. What they try to do is they try to require that you get permits to have your oh, they little. They absolutely do. In most cases, nobody ever goes on this thing um, in most of the towns that I'm familiar with. But um, so if the government demands tax money from you, you have the right to speak on their property. The problem is, again, the government, not the speech. So you have the right to speak on your property and the property that you are forced to pay for. None other. Correct. Right. I mean, ultimately, and if I wasn't... But that's true of any action. So then why is that different than saying, I have a right to eat M&M's because I can do it in my own house. You do have a right to eat M&M's. The, the houses of people who will let me, and you, I can do it on government property because you they can can't. You can eat as many evidence as your body will allow you to. But then to why is that? Then why is speech special? Like any action, it is it's true not, of any action that I can do it on my own property and the property of consenting landowners. It's special because people can remember it. They remember freedom of speech. Yeah. Freedom of speech is protected by the Constitution because it has a well, history Well, the Constitution of, also isn't an anarchist document, so I kind of don't care what the Constitution protects. No, well, yes, but we it's enshrined in our 
culture because of the Constitution, and it's enshrined in the Constitution because of our history where kings violated people's rights of free speech and infringed upon that, and the, the, the whole reason for our revolution was to restore the rights that were most strongly infringed, and the ones that were most strongly infringed were those that the founders— then said, we need these amendments in our Constitution to ensure that the government we're establishing does not yeah, so the violate ki- them like the king did. The kings weren't violating people's rights to free speech. The kings were violating people's right to non-aggression. They, it's because you do owe people non-aggression. No, you don't the king, owe them the free king speech. Was, the king was charged. The stamp, His motive was to censor speech. No, the, the Stamp Act was requiring people to pay money and get a stamp on anything they wanted to publish. So if you well, were published, that's, that's a press. violation of non-aggression. That's, that's press. But you know, it, it, press is part of speech. I, I concur with you. I, I think that this is uh, absolutely what is a difficult thing to understand. Is that the founders were attempting to cobble together an authoritarian state and make it look um, as free as anything had been up to that point. And that's true. Um, but the difficulty is, is that. You can't have a freedom of conscience, which is what this is all about, if you're forced to pay a tax. And that's where it comes from. You're still forced to pay a tax. You can't have a state and freedom, and freedom of speech really only exists either on your land or land you're forced to pay well, for. If, if you have a voluntarily, voluntary participation organization where the, it's funded by fees charged on uh, privileges offered— like use of public lands, use of association lands, then you have a situation where it's not an, a, based on aggression. And the, for, to, for a large part, at least at the start, the founders were trying to establish something like that. They were doing, it, right, they were doing the best they could. But it very quickly devolved but it has within devolved. a few decades yeah. of Let's go on and finish this up real quick um, about uh, the, uh, the suggestion here. Is, is that the concept of free speech is held in such high regard by libertarian circles that when a leftist suggests that a, giving a Nazi a chance to advocate for genocide isn't a good idea, the libertarian is forced to defend the Nazis so as to stand up for their ideas. Not exactly. Obviously, the alt-right aims to limit free speech when they eventually come to power. They won't. But since they are yet to achieve the power, they don't mention it. Instead, they absorb free speech as a rallying cry. What this guy's saying is, is what many leftists have come to the conclusion that free speech is too dangerous because the allure of Nazis is so high that we can't let them speak. And since the Nazis were voted into power, that also means we can't afford democracy either. And and, and that's a weird thing for them to ask of us because if I'm going to say that I have to revoke, just assuming that this is a right, and I don't think that it is, that I have to revoke rights from Nazis because they're too dangerous what like what makes you think that you're not more dangerous than a Nazi from my vantage point? Like you're both statists. I don't see that big of a difference. There are some practical pros and cons on both sides, I guess. But there's nothing inherently worse about a Nazi than a communist or a socialist. Communists killed hell of a lot more people yeah. um, in the 20th century than Nazis. So if ever I'm going to take free speech away from Nazis, I damn sure I'm going to take away and, take and it away from communists. When, and, I'm not going to take it away from anybody. And though. and. Con- trying to distinguish between the two, I, I really 
and this writer probably would vehemently disagree with me, is that Nazis were national socialists. They were as much left wing as any other socialist or communist. The only real difference between the communist manifesto and the Nazi party manifesto was that the Nazis were nationalists and communists tend to be internationalists. They want not a single nation being communist. They want the whole world to be communist. Yeah, I think that uh, it really does come down to these sorts of things. To me, they're both just authoritarians. That's correct. And it's hard to argue uh, the the minutiae when you just claim that title. And the whole left versus right thing is sort of a -a rope-a-dope fiction that the authoritarians use (laughs) to basically confuse people. The left and right is... It's it's perpendicular to the actual political axis, which is freedom versus tyranny. And all of them are on the tyranny end and we're on the liberty end of the real axis of political power. The author goes on, we should also discuss the failings of the left here, as much as I'm reluctant to do so. Quite frankly, the left is pretty terrible at explaining its ideas. Well, you've been so so far. One of the reasons is you're using an ad hominem instead of uh, uh, going for the issues. I'm a Marxist, but if I started talking to a libertarian using words like proletariat and Leninism, they would bolt right back to their reactionary ideology straight away. The left isn't just isn't as accessible as the alt-right is to them. Libertarians are also easily pushed to more authoritarian ideas by groups such as Antifa, who they see as a threat to them due to the, the absurd myth that Antifa attacks anyone right of center. I have no trouble debating a communist using their own words of proletariat and all I, that stuff. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, The number is 855-450-3733. Want to talk your commie stuff? We welcome you here on Free Talk Live. LRN.FM now has a Discord. Discord is a free text and voice chat platform, and we now have our own server with a bunch of channels at discord.lrn.fm. You can join other listeners as they chat about various things during our live shows, or anytime, day or night. Discord software is available cross-platform, so you can have it on whatever device you want and take your chats anywhere. Join our Discord at discord.lrn.fm. That's discord.lrn.fm. It is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live. Here, kicking off the third hour of Free Talk Live, it's Mark with you. Melanie. And Mike. Call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. And we just finished up a story from Medium.com about some guy's... uh, Deciding that uh, basically all libertarians are Nazis or something, you can go to our Telegram page and uh, just go to telegram.freetalklive.com. You can sign up for our Telegram group there and you can see all the show prep that we put together. And we also put our clips in there and you can share those, whatever you'd like to do. It's telegram.freetalklive.com. But Melanie, you've got a very interesting story. Yeah, so it's... Ridiculous. It's happened in Alabama. This guy and his girlfriend, well, this guy got his girlfriend pregnant. He found out she got pregnant. She killed the kid, which was legal. Okay, I see. You're talking about an abortion. All right. She committed feticide, which is apparently legal at that stage in Alabama. See where you fall down on this issue. Go ahead. And (laughs) no, you don't, because that's not the issue. And then, so now he is suing the, the... 
news article actually said that the state of Alabama declared that he can sue the clinic. I don't think that's true. It might be in Alabama. I don't know what pre-filing procedures they have there, but all that happened is that he filed suit against the clinic, the abortion pill company, and three of the clinic doctors. That's because they're the ones with the money. So the abortion pill company. Does this mean that he was given one of these, uh, well, she was given one of these a day after? The baby of- was, it says in the filing that the baby was eight weeks old. My guess is that the baby was actually probably six weeks old because they count pregnancy really weird and stupid. And I don't think that any of these people are smart enough to realize that. Okay. So a pill can be given to uh, make somebody at, who's- At really, really early stages, yes. So it's six weeks, yes, eight weeks, no? I don't know that at eight weeks, no. It, I know that it's less effective the longer you go on. Pretty but clearly, just yeah. on the fact that just because of the other things that are happening, they prob- probably the clinic told her she was eight weeks pregnant, which means that she was really six weeks pregnant. Okay. Well, that's that's yeah, kind of that's not relevant. Fuzzy. Because, you know, we've all get taught that a pregnancy is nine months, but it's really 10 months because it takes a month to actually detect the pregnancy. Uh, 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 Okay. Okay. Well, well, it does if you count it the way that they're counting it now. They count pregnancy now from the first day of your last period, which is the one day you know for sure you are not pregnant. (laughs) So they, on average, because people ovulate at different times, on average, you're tacking on an additional two weeks and then it takes about two weeks for the pregnancy test to work. Okay. So. I'm beginning to understand a little more now. So um, this young man is, uh, was not consulted, I presume, about his, uh, the, the imminent demise of his uh, fetus here. Well, he, So in the filing, it says that he found out that she was pregnant, which implies to me that she did not tell him. Yeah, and it doesn't he, sound like she was sharing this information. He tried to talk her out of it. Okay. So. So I guess this comes down to these questions of uh, sort of who who owns the baby, as it were, right? Um, who's I, and you know the the left would try to say something to the effect of it's her body and her her choice, right? And well, a fetus is not her body; it's not her genes. It's a the the DNA of the of the ch- child is a completely different D, set of chromosomes than yeah, the mother. Yeah, so. so nobody owns the baby because the baby is a person, and you can't own people, basically. So Planned Parenthood and Blackwater kill people every day. They murder, though both of them murder people every day. That doesn't mean that I get to sue them because I'm not the victim there. You don't have standing. I don't, well, legally it's because I don't have standing. Morally it's because, okay, so if Planned Parenthood right, kills a if, random kid or if Blackwater if, kills a random kid across the world, why do I get a paycheck? That doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. But if, if, if Blackwater kills your kid, you can sue them for that. Yes, but I don't think that he has any I don't think that he has any moral right. He definitely oh, he doesn't has, have any legal he rights. Has morals, I don't think he, he, has, think he has moral any moral rights. standing here. He doesn't have legal rights because courts have ruled that you that a man gifts his sperm at the time of procreation to the woman and he loses all rights to, to it. the use of it after that event of gifting and that's not how i would get to that conclusion but that's if i was the arbitrator arbitrator in ankapistan i would not give this guy any rights so first of all there are no good guys here the only good guy here is dead everyone's still alive <laughs> in this scenario the child you're referring to 
is 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 a bad guy because you have the woman who killed her kid. You have the guy who kind of allowed that situation to come about. You have the hitman, and then you have the hitman drug company. Well, even the fact that you've admitted that the fetus was a good guy means the fetus was innocent. And so right. you've executed an innocent person without due process. Right, but that doesn't mean that anybody... So the the thing is, he's an accomplice. So, yeah, so there's no good guys here. Well, what's he an accomplice for? The father's not an accomplice. Yes, he is. He did not consent to it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds like he's, he's he's expressing his opposition to it. He's, he's cer- trying to fight against it. He certainly could have uh, perhaps, uh, you know, waited for a better time to begin procreating with this I mean, woman who made the decision that. Uh, so she how did. is that not negligent homicide? So if I take if I have an infant, yeah, uh-huh. and I bring them so and bring them to a completely unvetted babysitter, uh huh, and I'm like here. But babysitters had a 23. Okay, so he either put a baby in someone who he knew or should have known would kill the baby because they either discussed it or they didn't. And if they discussed it and she said, yeah, I do that, I do that, then he's guilty of homicide. I don't think that is an issue that gets discussed over beers at a pickup joint. Or he didn't discuss it. And so according to... People who make stats on this, G-U-T-T-M-A-C-H-E-R.org, which is a organization loosely affiliated with Planned Parenthood, about 23% of women will have an abortion. Some of those are more euthanasia lifeboat situations, but the overwhelming majority of abortions in the U.S. are what people think of as abortion, just birth kind control. of convenience, birth control reasons. Okay. So if I know... Or have easily access to the information that twenty percent, twenty three percent of all babysitters are pedophiles, and I hire a babysitter at random and just give them a kid. Now, I am not saying, highly negligent. You're not saying that twenty three percent of babysitters are pedophiles. No, you're they are not. But twenty three percent of women have abortions. This is not. He probably. You're saying that he was negligent in the fact that he did not have a conversation, did not determine, uh, or uh, if he did determine, uh, did not determine in the positive that uh, she would keep the baby. Uh, I I can see that. I don't see that. Uh, I see him as a victim. Victims aren't gen- aren't always known yeah. as good guys. He's, he's yeah. not a victim because he, the, the baby is the victim. He's an accomplice. He, he's not an accomplice. He gave someone a baby who he did not properly vet he, as to whether they well, would kill the baby, knowing that they had absolute power to do there's, that. There's no legal obligation to do that sort of due there diligence. There is not a legal obligation to Let's do that. Let's take this call. I believe Jay wants to speak to you here. Uh, Jay in New Hampshire. You're, whoops, I just pushed the wrong button. My fault. Call back in the uh, next segment, Jay. Pardon me. My, uh, my, my mistake. Uh, I do this all the time. So I guess what my question here is, is that these sound like a couple of yokels that done got themselves knocked up. Which and, happens all the time, everywhere. But you know what the risk of that is. As a woman, you I know understand. what the risk of that is. And as a man, you also know what the risk of that is. And if I'm going to talk negatively about single moms, I'm not going to give the dudes any rights I hear to you. say that they're a victim. I, I, because I, they're doing the same thing the women are doing. And you certainly do talk negatively about single moms and the dudes that uh, with whom uh, <laughs> single moms are made. Um, but at the same time, as a sort of outside observer... Why do I care? So you've got this person who's uh, likely to have grown up uh, poor and dependent on the state and, uh, you know, whatever it is that they've done, chances are good. They're not going to amount to much, statistically speaking. The baby or the father? The baby. 
Why well, yeah, should so I care? You don't have to. I mean, you don't have to care about a random murder, but if it's no crime to not amount to much, yeah. But why? Um, <laughs> I agree that it's no crime uh, to not amount to much, but uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think that this uh, this argument gets a little in the weeds. The number eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's eight fifty five four fifty free here on Free Talk Live. Talk live. You can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you, Melanie, and Mike. And I, we're going to go straight away to Jay calling in from New Hampshire. I just hung up on Jay, uh, sadly. Jay, are you there? I'm from New Hampshire. Okay. Oh, where are you now? Uh, Mike, uh, I have an honorable, God fearing friend at work for Bat. Blackwater and summarily executed the worst divorce of human beings. I believe this and is James in Arizona who is calling Why in. Why shouldn't Mark and Melanie serve the same fate? And what would be wrong with it if they did? James, I, I don't know exactly what the arrangement question. was. James, I'll let you ask your question in just a second. Wrong? James, lying James, why would it be wrong to kill a preacher that lies? James, Mark, I, I, I have a question for you. Yeah, I know. I think you've been no, banned by I'm Ian. Is that correct? Pay for lying about me on the public airways. Hey, or I'm going to hurt your family. You're going to hurt my family? Oh, we we yep. can't make threats. I'm going to ruin your little kid's life. But in the meantime, what, what, like, when you say you're going to hurt my family, wait, 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 James, I've got a question. When you say you're going to hurt my family, what do you mean? You'll soon find out. Oh. I'm not going to say anything. What I'm not going to talk about that. I asked But Mike, you've been saying what, that you're going to hurt my family, Mike, I asked you James. You've been saying that for five years. Yeah, I've had enough of your crap. I've given you fair warner, fair warning. You're what kind of fair warning? What do you want me to do with this fair warning? And pay me. I'm going to ruin your life. No, no, no. I, I really want to get into me. this, James. Lied about me on the public airwaves. James, I don't know what you're talking about, about lying about you on the Jesus, public airwaves. You would be dead. James. You're lucky I still Jesus, or you would be I don't know what. Dead. Is Jesus going to kill it me now? I can't say that word on the. Oh, did he say a bad yeah. word? Yeah. Okay. Looks like he got dumped. Yeah, I, I don't know what this guy's problem is. I really don't. He's a lunatic, and he's, uh, you know, threatening my family. And, I, I, I mean, I really don't know what it, I really, really don't know what his problem is. Yeah, because apparently FCC rules you can call in and threaten kids, but you can't say the F word. Right, that's so. funny. <laughs> right. So, uh, anyway, I got to say that uh, I find it all very disconcerting, but I don't know what to do about so threatening it. Threatening kids is just a fourth term. Revolution. I mean... I've called, right? I've called the uh, the police in the town that I believe he lives in. They told me to take a long walk off a short bridge. They told me to call the police in my town. I called the police in my town. They said I can't do anything about it. Uh, he doesn't live here. What are we What are we supposed to do about it? Um, I, I I mean, I honestly don't know what to do about this guy. He's upset about me lying about him in some manner or another, having something to do Funny, with. But you know what you did. Well, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's it's that funny. It's like. Um, you know, Ian looked up and saw how many DUIs he had and said that he had like three DUIs on the air. Now, I can only presume the internet is telling the truth and that he then sa- says something else. Okay, fine. He gets to say that it's something else. What's the big deal? I mean, you got to say that you get your chance for a rebuttal, but it's a problem because we don't believe him, I guess. I mean, I don't know if I believe him or not. I don't really believe anything. I don't really care. I care that he's threatening me and my family. But that's about all I can do about it. And, and ladies and gentlemen, my statist audience that believes in government, 
When the cops tell me that they're not going to do anything about it, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to believe that these people protect and serve when I've got a guy right here, audio, all the evidence you need is threatening my family. He said he's going to hurt them. And as a felon, you're limited in your ability to defend your family. Right. The the, the government limits my ability legally to defend myself um, and then will not do anything in its stead. And then you want me to believe in this. As I said previously, the Supreme Court has ruled multiple times that police departments are not legally responsible for protecting you, me, or any other individual. And I'm just supposed to believe in this organization that it's here to protect me. That's what Guillermo, who called in a little earlier, said, that it's an organization here to protect you. It doesn't protect me. It hasn't stopped this lunatic from uh, making threats. And I'm sure his his driver's license hasn't been taken away. He's just uh, able to drive from wherever he is to, to here and, you know, blow holes in it's me and my family. It's a good thing you're your own employer, so he can't call your boss and complain about you. I'm sure he would do that. I bet he's called every advertiser we have. I'll bet he's called, uh, you know, I bet he's called government agencies on us. I'm pretty sure that's what he's talking about when he says he's making his threats, but I don't know. I mean, hurt is this kind of slippery term. Now, well, he's what I would call butthurt. <laughs> yeah, he's just a crazy person is what he is. So... Going on with this story, Melanie, it's uh, this this uh, th- apparently this uh, redneck couple. Um, one of them decided to uh, I just saying that because they're in Alabama. I don't have any idea who these people are, um, but they the, the young lady decided to get an abortion. And the young man apparently is not happy about that and suing the. Um, yeah, so he's right. I just don't think he has standing. I don't think he has standing legally and I don't think he has standing morally. I don't know how he. Is, oh, and so the the uh, clinic has until April first to reply. So this case hasn't actually been decided yet. Although there is a, there are states right now that are uh, passing some new abortion legislation that are that will give men uh, the ability to exercise those sort of rights to defend their fatherhood rights over a unborn fetus against being aborted against their will. Um, as well as other things like, you know, um, uh, you can't abort something with a heartbeat, things like that. Um, That's not going to withstand Supreme Court. It, that would be interesting to see what happens with that. I would think that uh, um, if men could just say, I don't want anything to do with that kid and then ha- not have to pay, which right. I've, I've seen people in that situation. I don't know how it works legally. I've never been. You in- can actually, if you do it up front, you can sign away your rights and then that also signs away. The state will always negate those when they want to. When the when the mother winds up applying for any kind of welfare, it doesn't matter if you have a con- she has a contract with the father that even that was adjudicated by a judge or between lawyers and so forth, the state will always negate those agreements in order to to collect from the father to compensate for the welfare the mother uh, is being paid by the state. Okay, okay, so that, that okay, so that I might be wrong. Yeah, I don't that. know um, how these things but work. Yeah, so I, I, I would, I would be in. So for almost practical reasons, more than moral reasons, I would be in favor of that. So, but so legally, I don't know how he's standing because I don't know how he's going to prove fatherhood. I don't think that the clinic Kept DNA tested the kid. So That's legally, he's not married to her. There's no presumed. Paternity for non-married couples, he's just some guy. He has no more legal relationship to this kid than I do. He has a genetic relationship, which... That he can't prove. Yeah, a presumed... And technically, he doesn't know that. And just because you're banging some chick for two years doesn't mean the kid's yours. Is is that the evidence? Is that true, well, or just... He uh, could, he could, you, he could uh, subpoena... Well, I mean, the, I don't know if he's the he father, could, but... 
He could subpe- just, subpoena the, quote, waste material and have I mean, a DNA test. Well, no, he can't because she took the abortion pill. And he's going to subpoena the, the, sewer, the sewer waste yeah. Yeah. company? Yeah. I mean, he's out of luck. Luck. <laughs> the, the, the clinic doesn't have the body, and they never did. Yeah, he's he's out of luck on this one. Yeah, um, yeah. again, I, I, I used to care deeply about this issue. I used to be, first I was uh, pro-choice because I was young and single and didn't want responsibility for my actions. Then I had a child. I saw that how important they were and um, what a you know valuable and precious thing it was. So then I'm pro-life and now I've become pro, I just don't care about you people and your problems because the vast majority of people that are getting aborted, um, human beings that are being aborted, are human beings that would have likely, uh, you know, they, they would have been born in the lowest quintile or the second lowest quintile. I, I like to say that the saving grace of, of having abortion is that it's kept 70 million voting Democrats off the voter rolls. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is, is it, it looks a lot like a genocide. It looks like a leftist genocide in more cases than not. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Isn't Free Talk Live? Podcast download numbers are the most quantifiable and important numbers that we can show an advertiser. So please, if you've not already done so, subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or in the podcatcher of your choice. Ratings and reviews help other people find the podcast, so please give us a rating and review on any podcast platforms that you use. Ratings and reviews are used to move a podcast up in search results, which means it's easier for others to find the show. This is free advertising for us, it's easy for you, and it tells other people that you like the show. Subscribe, give us five stars, and leave a review. Free Talk Live, it's the, well, this live edition. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the air. We've got uh, phone lines are open for you at 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. Or you can call the Discord lines. You go to discord.freetalklive.com. That's discord.freetalklive.com. And you can download the app there and, uh, you know, call in that way. Sounds a little better. Let's go to the phones real quick. We've got David calling in from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, well, Jan, what you were just talking about, um, the, uh, you know, if, if I could do, if I could do everything over again kind of thing, what advice and what advice would I give to the younger me? But, uh, you know, I mean, first of all, this, this government we have is absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt. Got to go. I mean, there's been plenty of sucky times. To, to be a human being, and uh, you can. There are some exceptions, but I would say that now is one of one of the suckiest times to be alive on this planet. And I'd yet, say the and, technology and that we have makes it pretty good, yeah, but the, the technology but, is the the one saving grace that's empowering individuals and will be the way that we are able to escape the. But the government gets to use technology too. Sure, but in in my opinion. Yeah, but Technology tends to empower individuals more than it does groups. Because I hope that's true. It it it, it does. Technology does do that. Uh, and remember that I didn't call about the technology. I called to make a different point. But since you went off on the technology thing, the technology does make things better. But uh, but at the same time that it's making things uh, some things better, it's making a whole lot of things worse. And remember this. I let me repeat something I heard somebody else say that. Uh, a thousand years ago, when the king could come and chop your head off anytime he wanted to, if he if he wanted to, usually he couldn't find you. 
usually you were somewhere, you know, 20, 50 miles, 100 miles away from him, uh, you know, doing, living your life, and, and the, the king and his court were too busy uh, to have anything to do with you other than to send the tax collector around once every how often. And, and other than that, you were not bothered by the king or the government whatsoever. So, uh, and, and there's a lot to be said for that. But what I, what I did call about is that uh, if I could do everything over again, have, you know, having wasted a decade of my life fighting for my, for my kids that were you know, you know, wrongly uh, separated from me, um, if I could do it all over again, my advice to men would be, you know, other, notwithstanding, you know, whatever uh, attachments of the heart you gain along the way, uh, but as a plan, I, I wouldn't go to, I wouldn't invest time and money going to get an education unless there was, I had some burning desire. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't waste any time or money investing in, in uh, uh, property that has a good value to it. I, w- I wouldn't pursue any of those, those things. What I would do, most, most men enjoy doing something, you know, like, you know, for, for, you know, whether it's running rivers or whatever. And, you can, and I, I would, my recommendation to me, and other people could follow it uh, also, is, is just to go follow, do something to get the minimum amount of money you need to live, doing something that you enjoy so that every day is playing. There is no work. It's all playing, and you're making a minimum wage. And then, and then when, you're, when, you, when you go out to the bar at night and you meet some chick and you end up sleeping together and somebody gets pregnant, then um, you know, the, most you get, the most you're at risk for is one-third of the minimum wage income that you're receiving doing something you consider to be playing. And that way you're safe in court because when you get dragged into court, um, you're already working a full-time job. You're making a lawful minimum wage. If that's what your career is, that's all you've ever done. You didn't intentionally leave your high-paying job on Wall Street to go get a minimum wage job in order to, to be in contempt of court so nobody can order you to go back to your, you know, your $100,000 a year profession. And that and that's, would be what, what my recommendation would be. And I, got nothing, and I still think kids are great, and, and if by chance you gain some children along the way, you know, cause the, and the bottom line is, is if when when uh, you know most men I know and the way I feel about it, if when a kid is in my life, when the kid is in my life, you know, on a on a regular basis, I take care of the kid. The kid gets fed and sheltered and clothed and entertained and educated and all that stuff. But when the government gets involved in it and just makes the man an ATM, and yes, I know that it's reversed in many cases, especially you know nowadays. But when you become just an ATM and you're not physically in the in the presence of the child, you know, that's not a relationship, and that's not what children are for, and that's not what men were meant to be used for. I I agree with you, David. I mean, it's so difficult uh, out there when, uh, you know, like the court will say you've got to pay, but you can't see the kid. And I've heard a lot of stories like this. It's never happened to me, but, uh, you know, I can tell you my dad was really outraged by the whole um, what the court had to say. Thank you for the call, David. Um, what they what they made him pay and, and all these things. I mean, you know, in retrospect, I think he could have done some things differently. Should you not pursue a career? Well, I think yeah, if if, make, if pursuing a career makes you happy, you should. But I think David makes a good argument that playing and having a good time in your youth is not a bad idea i I think that losing a third of a minimum wage can make your life suck a hell of a lot more than giving up a third of a hundred thousand but you could always work harder and make more money than that minimum wage at that point if you needed more money um and if you're making minimum wage you're likely not living out of the home anyway (laughs) yeah i mean i don't think child support should exist i think it's a horrible idea 
because then maybe it would incentivize women to, I don't know, not get knocked up at bars by strangers. But I kind of don't really have any sympathy for somebody whose life plan is I'm going to go, you know, sleep with women at bars without condoms. And, oh, no, that cost me money. Like, well, if I have to pay welfare for your kid, I'm not particularly sympathetic to the fact that you have to pay child support for your kid. Let's go to the phones. Tom, call it in from New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. They say truth is treason in the empire of lies. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah, I think it probably would be. If there was an empire of lies, truth would be treason, right? Well, in the 116th Congress, first session, House Resolution 241, uh, quote, condemning the anti-Semitic comments of Representative Ilhan Omar from Minnesota, unquote. This is not the one that got passed on March 7th. Okay, this is one that was being proposed by some Republicans who are all bent out of shape uh, that the one that got passed didn't go far enough. And check this out, the front page, one of the lines, whereas in 2018, Representative Omar posted, quote, drawing attention to the apartheid Israeli regime is far from hating Jews, unquote. Okay, that's one of the, the quotes that yep. they're uh, well they're accusing Israel of engaging in apartheid is uh, a falsehood. So it's false propaganda. So that is anti-Israel. I don't know what apartheid means. Uh, it's keeping well, ethnic groups apart within a single nation, and there is well, no apartheid in the state of Israel because twenty percent of the state of Israel is made up of Arabs who are a mix of Muslims and Christians, and the Muslims and Christian Arab Israelis have full civil rights. They can own property. They have jobs. They can participate. They can vote. They can participate in government. They uh, join the the Israeli military. Um, They have full civil rights in Israeli society. Um, So this whole apartheid regime crap is about the conflict between the Palestinians who are not in the state of Israel and the government of Israel. Now, what, what's going on, though? That is not an anti-Semitic comment, though. It is an anti-Israeli government regime uh, comment. Well, it, so, it based upon the idea that the Israeli government is a Zionist government, and Zionism is nothing but saying that Jews, like every other ethnic group, have a right to live safely in some land as their homeland someplace on Earth. I don't know. I mean, now, what ethnic part am I? I, do I, do I, I, I don't know that I think that – here's what I think. I think that if uh, um, the United States, FDR, had not been a racist bigot and had accepted in the, uh, the ship of the dam to the USS Amsterdam, yeah. I believe yeah. is what it's called. USS? Anyway, the Amsterdam. Um, USS St. Louis. St. Louis. Way- I'm sorry. Thank you. If he had accepted them in and then sent out the welcome to any Jews in Poland oh, and Germany yeah. and, and uh, Russia and wherever want to come here to the United States, we got a place for you. You just got to work hard and make a better life for yourselves, that the United States would be so much better off with well, this ethnic it wasn't group. That they weren't say, that's not that they were saying not to come because a lot of Jews did come. Well, well let me point out here that uh, and when you're talking about that suffer is a better verb than hold on, hold on, the, hold the line, Tom. Hold the line. Yep. Free talk live. Yeah. Free talk live. Final segment here. It's Mark with you, Melanie, and Mike. 
Got Tom in New Hampshire here on the lines. He's, uh, I guess this is sort of an issue about that, uh, that, that representative from Minnesota, Omar is her name. Ilhan Omar. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, sort of the, the issues there between Israel and, um, you know, what's the difference between Israel and the Jews and what's anti-Semitic and all that other stuff. So let's just bring Tom back. Tom, you were trying to make a point there that I uh, kind of cut you off yeah. on. Drawing attention to the apartheid Israeli regime. That's a quote. Now, it might not be an apartheid regime, but even so, her she's saying that it's far from hating Jews. And it's not hating Jews. It's, uh, you know, hating the bureaucrats that run the Israeli regime. And the word suffer is a more accurate word when you're talking about these uh, people who were wanted to escape from Hitler, because suffer means you simply respect a negative right to, to migrate into the United States without getting stopped by them. Simply don't stop them from getting, whereas allow them or permit them sounds more like you're giving them a positive right, like here's special permission, like, like if you're giving them a place to stay. You're letting them stay at your house, that's I agree with you, but the term right. suffer is so um, archaic at this point that people don't even understand it. I mean, the only time they're ever, they've ever heard it used is Jesus saying, suffer the little children. Well, there's suffrage. Okay, so for instance, sure. women's suffrage was to give them the vote. But if you did a poll today and said that when we need to stop women's suffrage, <laughs> half the women out there would say, I agree. We need, mm-hmm. you know, right. we need to stop women from half. suffering. <laughs> <laughs> You're so generous, Mike. I mean, people really don't know what, how the I depths... Give, I give people the benefit of the, the doubt. The depths of your generosity. They don't really, they really don't understand. Yeah, so, well, Tom, what's the solution here? Uh, well, uh, like you said, it's a, a negative right. The right to not to be stopped when you do something is a negative right to do that thing, as opposed to a positive right, like let's give them special permission, uh, like a license to move to the United States, as if you were giving them a place, to, uh, an apartment to live in, too, and let them stay or stay at your house or give them a positive right to uh, pitch their tent on your land when you're simply leaving them alone when they want to uh, exercise their unalienable right to migrate into the United States, which is uh, that would have been the solution, and it is there's about nine million residents of Israel. It's a chunk of real estate all about the size of New Jersey, which also has about nine million people, easily absorbed into the three hundred and something million people that already live in the United States. Simply uh, let that it's not the job of the United States bureaucrats to protect uh, a chunk of real estate out in the Middle East just because their scripture says, that it belongs to them. If they want to move to the United States, fine. Suffer them to why, move to why the United can't, States. Why can't Jews move to the Middle East? What's so wrong well, with them doing too, that? But it's not, they can do that, but it's not the job of the United States to defend the state of Israel. It's the job of the, the Israelis, and if they I, are unable to do so... I'm then not aware of any time when the U.S. has sent any troops to Israel to help defend Israel. Don't they give uh, well, money and weapons? Uh, oh, yeah, there's there's military weapons. aid, absolutely. There's military aid, which is the Israeli spend on American military weapon systems. Right. So it's uh, so uh, corporate welfare. So it's corporate for, welfare for American in- industry. Paid paid for by people who are members of APAC, um, in the sense that uh, and, you know, and yes, the APAC, uh, the the Jews in America who pay large amounts of taxes because yeah. they they are so wealthy that they can afford to donate to fund APAC's lobbying. Um, they are having APEC lobby to have their tax money given to 
the Jews in Israel, the Israelis to support Israel. So, you know, yeah. do they have as much right as anybody else to lobby to have their taxes spent how they want it? I once saw, um, hold on, uh, on Geography Now, I saw, the. this is a, a YouTube channel out there, and this kid did a great job when he did uh, the explanation of Israel, because here was a guy who walked in having no opinion, and studied and looked and you know did everything he's he's you know does a very good job on every country that he does and it just came to the eyes and here's israel and time to you know do this israel thing and he looked he parsed this intractable issue out in such a way that basically uh you know like going back and forth and you know this was our land and this now then you did this and and ultimately the question i think um that's asked is is that um at the end was the the jews would be asking well if you guys were in charge in Palestine, how would we be doing? And the answer probably is not very well, right? Like if the Palestinians got to take over the state of Israel, the Jews probably wouldn't do very well. They'd they'd be dead or there'd be very few left alive. Now, there are some Palestinian Jews, and uh, but it's illegal for uh, Palestinians, not illegal, but they'll be killed if they, or, um, you know, sanctions will be put they, on them. It used to be a death penalty sell, right. for a, a Palestinian to sell land to a Jew, whether they're a Palestinian Jew or an Israeli Jew. Right, but now they've, it's... They've reduced it to a life sentence. Right, to very do so. generous. Now, um, so that's not very... Uh, libertarian of the Palestinian Authority to have that sort of a law, and I would bet that if uh, they they well, these got are just two socialist organizations fighting amongst each other, right? Very socialist right. organizations, leftist Jews with leftist Palestinians. I mean, these people are like sworn socialists. Well, I happen to know. I think you know him was Yakov Markel, who's yeah. a libertarian Palestinian Jew. Yes, and he's very good at explaining this <laughs> issue. And one thing I thought found is interesting is is that many Palestinians will say, "Well, my family lived on this land for generations." What they don't say is, "We have a deed for this land," because it that is they don't have back it. centuries. Right. In many cases, um, they were renters, though. And the people that, um, you know, that owned the land or whatever were from other locations, those locations being the locations that waged war on Israel. So many times these settlers who are living in land that is dubious, yeah, no doubt, um, could have, would have been, you know, like this, it's just an intractable uh, yeah. issue. At the time of the Israeli War of Independence, a large part of the Palestinian population were uh, migrants from Egypt, from Iraq, who would come in for jobs that were created either by British investors or, ironically, by Jewish investors creating jobs. And they lived in towns that uh, and in homes that were real estate that was largely owned by Lebanese real estate tycoons. Right. And Lebanon was part of the Seven Days War, which Israel won. So one could argue that the landowners from Lebanon lost their land to the Jews. Actually, if one wanted to make that argument. And the thing is, is that when Israel was established, they actually created laws to compensate people who had been that who could not return who owned land that had been taken. And so over the decades, most of those people have had their land paid for. What tends to happen is that the people who lose their homes, particularly these days, are people who have have squatted on land they didn't have a deed to. They built a home from whatever stuff, stuff they could 
cobbled together tin or or you know however they got a hold of it thanks for the call tom they um built the home without any kind of quote permits from either the government of israel or from the palestinian authority and so someone comes along and and buys the actual deed and wants to build something so then you have a squatter who's getting kicked off their land which i'm sure feels automatically israel's fault right Uh, well i mean i I think that there's a real mess with the whole creation of the Israeli state. Oh, yes. Um, And if the United States had just welcomed Jews in 1939, that we wouldn't have had so many problems i mean the the land of the free welcome you know come come your poor your you know you know all that stuff and this is in many ways the creation of the west getting involved in what's going on over there i i I don't know what israel should do today except i have no problem with a person using uh firearms to protect their uh their home and and their family what i find really fascinating over there is how the israelis have used technology to try to minimize the impact of their defenses. So, for instance, when they engage in air assaults in Gaza, they have automated systems that call up every cell phone that's tracked in the the area where they're going to have an air raid, and they warn everybody that an air raid is coming and that you should leave that area. Now, People who actually want to avoid that tend to get out of the area. People That's that what the U.S. Want, did in Nagasaki yeah, and Hiroshima, too. Palestinians that want to be human shields voluntarily or want human or Hamas members that want human shields will force people to be human shields, and they'll force them into the area where the attack is coming. So it, it's counterproductive there, but is, Israel is not responsible for the consequences of that because they're doing the best that they can do to minimize those losses. They're also building things like Iron Dome to minimize the impact of— Iron Dome's of, a completely defensive thing by yeah. the sounds of it, and I, I don't have a problem with that. I would say this. If they could just give these people some amount of money, so, some country would take them because, well, they'd want the money, and then they'd be out of their hair. Just give them money and get them to leave. That would be my guess. And that's one of the, the, the solutions that they've come up with. But, you know, we'll see. It's been Mark with you. Melanie. And Mike. Free Talk Live. Some of you asked, and now we've delivered. LRN.FM's live Keene, New Hampshire studio shows are now streamed in HD on Twitch. Visit our channel at twitch.lrn.fm and give it a follow. If you have Amazon Prime, you get one free subscription on Twitch. If you use it on our channel, Twitch will give LRN.FM a monthly piece of your Prime subscription cost. So please watch, follow, share, and subscribe to twitch.lrn.fm. That's twitch.lrn.fm.